Death Holler is a horror cast created by two true horror fans to bring to the table Death your Holler. favorite horror films. Topics include, but are not limited to, historical horror, gore, the occult, and terror. Listener discretion is advised. Getting on to the next movie, I'm going to throw this over to Urena because I'm going to let her discuss Constantine, the 2005 film. Yeah, I'm so excited for this one. Um, would you like me to do the whole directed by and characters involved? Take it away. All right. I get to do something. Okay, so <laughs> we got Constantine, which was directed by Francis Lawrence. I don't have any, uh, any idea what else he has directed. It, was it, was he not... He's not like a big one in the uh, that I've noticed, like as far as like being prolific in anything. I mean, not you know nothing that really stood out a whole lot. Yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at anything he's really mm, he, mocking Jay uh, the uh, the Hunger Games. He did a lot okay. of the Hunger Games, so that's pretty good. Uh, I am Legend, actually. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, uh, Constantine two. Did you know about this? <laughs> I think he's going to be involved with that. Well, I heard that they were going to, they were in discussions to actually make that movie, but like it's fell through so many times that it's still kind of up for debate whether or not it's going to happen. Kind of like Beetlejuice too. Yeah. And I'm like, now when I pull up Constantine two, they still show Keanu Reeves, which I believe you and I had pretty much mostly debunked that he was going to be, if there was going to be a second one that he probably wasn't going to be in it. Yeah, I, I I don't I don't see it happening. I think that's more of a pipe dream that you know because it was discussed originally that that was they were going to follow up because they end the movie uh, with an after credit scene in a way that they could set up more films and and you know at first Keanu and uh, Rachel uh, Weiss were on board to do it but it's been years I mean like you know since that's happened so I don't know man I I could see it happening um I wanted to throw out real quick who is the current actor that portrays Constantine in the shows Matt uh, Matt hold on Ryan Matt Ryan Matt Ryan yep mm -hmm. he really 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 does look like the comic book character he does it so well and I know looks, for a fact and he sounds like oh him, look yeah. sounds everything about him and I know he was really throwing himself out there to be but like I guess as far as I've heard from Mike, I guess filmmakers are so against having TV show characters play film characters. And this is one of those cases. I normally agree with them, but this is one of those cases where I disagree. And I think Matt Ryan, if it weren't going to be Keanu, I Matt Ryan, make it Matt Ryan, you know, but no one's going to listen to me. So I don't know. I mean, he had such fan support behind him after the the Constantine uh, TV show uh, came out. You know, it was canceled early by you know NBC. That 
I mean, he they got him a job on the Legends of Tomorrow, uh, in and and some and and actually arrow a couple of guest spots on that on the CW. So I mean, there's a lot of fan support behind Matt Ryan. Oh, I mean, yeah. I think that would be built into the movie's success if they went that route, but they're not going to go that route. Yeah, I feel like he is Constantine. You know? Exactly. I don't know. He's poured himself into it. Um, moving on to the current, well, I will say 2005, Constantine, the current film we are reviewing. Uh, principal players are, of course, the one and only Keanu Reeves, uh, John Constantine, who does not look anything like the comic book character. However, he still brought Constantine to life. Um, he plays the antihero, the protagonist. We know him very well from Bill and Ted, which I don't think I've ever seen that movie through to the end. Oh my god. I know what is wrong with me. You've got some issues. I have major issues. You picked a horrible like co-host. I'm just letting you know that right now. <laughs> um John Wick, which <laughs> I love those films. I haven't I don't think I've seen the first one. I think I've seen the second That's the one. The best one. Yeah, I know. That's like the best one. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. The Devil's Advocate, which in the uh, Devils in the Details season, we have reviewed. If you have not, that was episode eight. Go back and check it out. After you've checked this one out, you'll like it. I think we did a really good job with that one. Uh, Point Break, which I have not seen, but I have always heard amazing things about. It's one of those movies that that operates entirely upon the uh, charisma of the cast. I mean, because the story's kind of kind of dumb. I mean, it's like you know they they have this uh, series of surfers that are going around robbing places, and and so they uh, I think Gary Busey of all people is like one of the main like older cops that's assigned to it, and you know his personality is one thing, and then you you know his the new cop that's assigned to him is Keanu Reeves, who's because he's the right age to kind of hang out with these surfers, and so he sends him in as like you know a plant inside to kind of figure out which surfers are doing the the robbing and. And that's whenever he, you know, like Keanu gets introduced to this lifestyle and, you know, and, and it's got, um, oh my God, uh, Roadhouse. What, what's the main actor in that movie? Um, and, and. Oh, it's dancing. on the tip of my tongue. Um, Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze. And seeing Patrick Swayze and Keanu and Gary Busey interact and, and even I think uh, Lori Petty's her name. That, that's like the girlfriend, surfer girlfriend of Keanu. Like it, it operates entirely upon its cast. Like the, the premise of the movie is just dumb. But like, I mean, when you see those scenes between especially Patrick Swayze and Keanu, I mean, they sell the movie. Uh, if there's one thing that Keanu Reeves has is charisma in whatever role he's playing. I mean... And he, I guess I th- it was one of the things he was made fun of for because Bill and Ted, obviously, like no one seems to like have thought that he was going to be able to get out of that dude role, if you will. <laughs> but no matter what he's in, the devil's advocate, John Wick, Dracula, he he the charisma he puts into his character is is amazing. He's done so well. He He really has. I mean, he, he's, he, and he's one of those guys that they say in real life is just extremely humble, which, you know, makes you respect him all the more. Oh my God. He is, yeah. One of the most humble people you've ever heard of. I mean, nobody knows him personally that I know of. I wish I did, but, um, yeah, I, you hear the stories and you know, when something is fake, you kind of get the real, like you hear how somebody is supposed to be and then you kind of get the real deal and you don't get that with Keanu. It's straightforward. You only hear one thing about him. 
yeah, that he's just one of those guys that's uh, extremely nice. I mean, you know, kind of keeps to himself, but I mean, you know, he, he doesn't go out of his way to, to be mean or cruel to anybody that he meets. He, he takes his time with you. If you know, if he's around and, and I don't know, he's just always good stories about him. Yeah, I do like uh, one last thing I'll throw in about him is I love the memes, the photos that are out there where he's taking photos with fans and the meme is Keanu out here avoiding controversy and he doesn't wrap his arms around fans. He literally, he'll put his hands on them, not hands, his arms, but his hands will be off to the side open, like an open prayer or something like that, accepting the yeah, Lord. Always see his hands that way, they can't sit there and make any comments about him. Yeah, that's, that's he got smart. grabby with Very me. Smart. And isn't it? I mean, it's almost sad that you kind of have to be, you know, that way with your fans. I mean, hello, I just took a picture with Chad Daniels and I was giving him, like, he was the little spoon in our photo. <laughs> <laughs> comedian chad daniels so uh i guess fans can get grabby but the the guys don't want to get grabby good for them you know all right exactly moving on to rachel i'm gonna pronounce it weiss i don't know if that's how it is pronounced uh i don't know if that's a german last name it looks like it because my last name is similar so i don't know if it's pronounced weiss weiss how do you pronounce it i always say weiss Weiss. or you know like you're yeah yeah you got that w-e-i you know, in there. So Rachel Weiss, who plays Isabella and Angela Dodson, basically twins in the character, uh, in the character, in the show movie that have, I don't know, they're a little sensitive to the spiritual realm, if you will. Um, She's a psychic police officer and that basically hears about Constantine, gets him involved. I like the scene where she thinks she hears her sister in the film. She's watching her sister basically commit suicide. And, she hears her hears her sister whisper Constantine, but then when she goes to play it back, it it didn't happen. So I thought that was pretty cool. The Mummy, which I love this film, and I love the attraction at Universal Studios. Do you have this at yours? Yes. Oh my God, I love the scarabs that are all over <laughs> the wall. We have the bunch of scarabs that are crawling all over the wall and they're spitting at you while you're rolling through. <laughs> Yeah, the this one or the one in Orlando, it's like you stop in a room and they're like all over the wall, yes. and they, you know, and then they, and that's whenever they, you know, I, they kind of do that, and then that's whenever it flips it around and it shoots you up into the actual roller coaster part of it. So. Oh, see, we don't get that. We have, um, we have a walkthrough. Actually, no, that you're right. We do have a ride, and we have the uh, studio tour, which, like I told you, we are on a on a tour bus basically and it gives you a tour through the active studios studios that are still active at universal studios and one of the stop throughs is what you just mentioned you're kind of you stop in a room you're on the tour bus it's open windows and everything and that's when the scarab starts spitting on you and everything so um rachel weiss also played in most recently black widow which i did watch even though i'm not a huge Mm -hmm. marvel fan (laughs) and i really liked in this film how she played a younger and older version of herself. Well, not older, but younger and then present version of herself. I think they did a good job with the with the uh, editing or the uh, oh yeah CGI yeah in the Black Widow yeah where they they show the past version of her and like the version that yeah they they did a really good job with that. Wasn't hard to do. They just made her look like she did in uh, uh, Constantine. <laughs> speaking of that, throwback to Halloween Kills discussion. There is an amazing scene that they they do they set back in the original night nineteen seventy eight where they have a stand-in for uh, Donald Pleasant's character, Dr. Loomis. Uh-huh. And it was actually one of their uh, 
the crewmen on their their show they didn't they didn't do any CGI or anything. It's all prosthetics, and the guy looks all, uh, eerily like Donald Pleasant. So I mean, like it's amazing how much they match that up. Of course, it's from a distance, so they kind of you know get that little bit of advantage that way. But still, I mean it. It, it's 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 scary how much they made him look like him, and they they said the reason they decided to do it anyways because the guy kind of looks like him to begin with. If we thought the effects and Dan <laughs> Devil and Daniel Webster were good, man oh man, <laughs> have they grown even better since? So definitely <laughs> for sure. The Lovely Bones. I have not seen this film. I also have not seen Dreamhouse. I House. don't think I have either. It's but it's a really good and it's almost a, it borders on horror type story. I've heard, uh, yeah. So I don't know. It might we have might have to research what's involved with that one and see if it fits into any any discussion in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dreamhouse and Death Machine. I have not seen either one of those. I haven't seen those either, but those were kind of ones that stood out as being like horror related. And mm-hmm. then uh, Dreamhouse has a Elias Cotius, which discussed was. Casey, you know, uh, from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but also the protagonist and um, the prophecy. So, yes, which uh, speaking of the prophecy, we're kind of moving forward to Tilda Swinton, who played Gabriel, my favorite portrayal of Gabriel. In in any film I can think of that Gabriel has been film or show that Gabriel's been in. Um, That may come as a shocker considering Supernatural, but. Tilda Swinton stuck with me for some reason. This is the one thing I specifically remembered about this film that I liked. She was the antagonist uh, and the foil to Constantine, or the attempted foil, I should say. <laughs> She's been um, in Doctor Strange. I've seen her. I, I, I have not watched Doctor Strange all the way through, but I did like her character in that. Mm-hmm. Were you going to say something before I rudely interrupted? I was just going to say that this uh, this Gabriel's kind of interesting because of so how androgynous she looks, which Tilda Swinton does anyways in general. But I mean, like, you know, they really played that up in this movie. Like, you know, just um, it, it kind of fits the Constantine universe because it's kind of the same Sandman universe. And even in that, their version of Lucifer is kind of an androgynous looking, you know, like feminine looking man or whatever. So it's it's interesting that they portrayed Gabriel that way. Yeah, Gabriel is also a, a woman character in Lucifer. I don't like the one who plays Gabriel. No, that Lucifer. one was bad. Yeah, that was a terrible was one. But yeah, they they kind of go in that direction. Uh, Tilda Swinton, moving on, has also been in The Dead Don't Die. Have not seen it. It's uh, I wouldn't recommend it. It's got some interesting zombie stuff for a little bit, but then it crawls up its own ass and becomes so pretentious and meta that I'm sure like some of those same people that are going, you know, uh, railing against Halloween Kills loved it. But it's 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 too artsy for its own good at mm. the end. I mean, it basically the movie acknowledges it's a movie at one point. Oh shit! Like, it goes that meta. Yeah, it's bad. Uh. They they acknowledge the uh, they the, they even have. Because they have great actors in it. They have, um, you know, Bill Murray, and then they have uh, the uh, Adam Driver, is that his name, Kyle Ren. Oh, yeah. Um, they they have them in it, and they're like li- they're going through town, and they're listening to the same. It's, it's The Dead Don't Die by uh, Sturgill Simpson, uh, Kentucky native, great musician. But anyways, he's like, uh, you know, they're, they're listening to it, and, and like, you know, and Bill Murray even goes to the point, he's like, why do we keep listening to this song? And, and, and Adam Driver at one point's like, because it's the soundtrack. I mean, that's how meta they, they go with it. So, just Oh, my God. Okay, there. I'm not going to lie. This movie looks like it's right up my alley. It's I, it's a horror comedy. You know, I love those. 
Yeah, but you'll you'll see if you watch it. I, I really had high hopes, and I liked most of it, even after Mike and some of the others on the Rain Man Network, you know, trashed it and said that it was too uppity for its own good, even for them, and that's saying a lot. Uh, cause they like that sort of thing. Like I watched it and I, and I totally got their point. Like it, it reaches a certain point toward the end that it, it, it's, it just, it crawls right up that ass, like just completely. And it's like, mm, you lost me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Suspiria. <laughs> I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. You are. And I really want to see this movie. Okay. I've heard it was uh, scary. Is- yeah, the original is is considered a darling of most horror fans, which I sadly have not seen, and that that shows that I have some things I need to watch. But the 2018 version of it is supposed to be a, a good, you know, remake slash reimagining of it. Hmm. Uh, it's kind of got like an artsy, uh, like it, it's got like witchcraft like undertones and like some weird stuff like that. But it's I think it's like a dance school or something like that. Yeah, That's what the where it's happening at. And it's supposed to be really, really good. Hmm, okay, I'll have to ask the hubby because I think he's seen it. Um, Snowpiercer, have not seen it. We need to talk about Kevin, also have not seen it. And you'll have to elaborate on this, but many Wes Anderson films. Oh, this, I mean, like the Grand Budapest Hotel and, you know, um, let's see, uh, I don't know, I don't think she was in Rushmore, but she was in the Grand, uh, the, uh, the, Royal Tannenbaum. Yeah, Royal Tannenbaum. Yeah, like, yeah, like she she's been in a bunch of their stuff. Like, I mean, if you look through, it's Wes Anderson, Wes Anderson, you know that type of thing. So yeah, I'm looking at them um, right now. Rushmore, uh, The Life Aquatic. I had not seen that, but I heard really good things about it. So hmm, okay, um, Shia LaBeouf, which I had forgotten was in this film. <laughs> he plays Chaz Kramer. What a fucking douche name. Yeah. Uh, sidekick to yeah. Constantine. He was the uh, taxi driver, kind of. Um, he turned into a sidekick towards the end. Constantine kind of, in typical fashion, kind of just denied any kind of assistance. Mm-hmm. Uh, the come on meme or the let's do it meme. Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> do, it. do it. Just do it. Uh, <laughs> he was in Disturbia, which I did enjoy that film. Holes, never mm-hmm. watched it. Heard really good things about it. It's it's a good one. Transformers uh, did enjoy that one. Indiana Jones, uh, yeah, I'm on the fence of whether I I I, I wouldn't right out say I enjoyed this film. I didn't hate it, hate it, but yeah, you it looks like you mumbled yeah, a little about skull. it. Yeah, the 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 Crystal Skull. It's it's oh my god, he they they messed up with that movie, and I think everybody knows that. Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe it was maybe it was the character because he's kind of turned into he's turned into something <laughs> as of recent that I don't know. Um, all I can really throw out is drugs. Maybe I don't know what is going on with him. I don't know either, and I, I think what it is though is that it, I think that it might have started with uh, with the Indiana Jones because people were giving him shit over that movie because it's such a beloved franchise, and you know his character being the son of Indy. Not that it's his fault. That's what was written. Yeah, you know, but you know it falls on the actor. You know, a lot of times the hate does the actor or actress, and you know, just like it did with you know poor uh, Linda Blair with The Exorcist. 
and um, you know, because they were claiming she was the devil. But like, I think the hate started for him during that movie, and then like the Transformers movies are so you know divisive. You know, like there's there's people that loves them for what they are, but then a lot of people's like it's Michael Bay shit. You know, like so they 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 lump it on Shia LaBeouf a lot of times, and I think that it's gotten to him over time. And and that's a lot of pressure to take as an actor. I really don't think that actors or actresses deserve the sometimes the negative attention that they get. Um, And I feel bad for them, but there's some people that I feel bad because you think about, you know, um, why can't I think of the character? I can't even think of the Star Wars character, let alone the actor's name right now. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh. (laughs) What is the main actor that plays Obi-Wan Kenobi? Why can't I think of right now? Are you talking about the Ewan McGregor. There we go. Yeah. He disappeared from Hollywood for a while because... Of that specific character. Um, True. So did uh, the one who played Anakin Skywalker. And so did the, I mean, well, especially the, I mean, the kids grew up to be really messed up, the one that played young Anakin. And then, and the the actor, the poor actor who played Jar Jar Binks, I mean, he almost committed suicide. So, I mean, ugh. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't their fault. Actually, the funny thing is, all these movies, you know, Indiana Jones, The Crystal Skull, and then those, they all have the same connection. It's, it's, it's George, you know, the, the, you know, the one that made them. I mean, like he, (laughs) he was the one that was responsible for those films being the way they were. And like the actors got the blames for it. Well, I know that Ewan McGregor came, as far as he's confessed, became somewhat of an alcoholic and kind of disappeared from Hollywood for a while. Um, Hayden Christensen just kind of took a break from Hollywood. We know that they are both back. I think the time they took away, hopefully they've grown quite a bit. I know Ewan McGregor definitely has it as far as I know. He's not a severe alcoholic anymore. I don't know if any other drugs were involved. I've never heard of Hayden Christensen being, you know, exclusively on any type of drug to helping get over it. I know he started a family, so he was kind of living the simple life for a while. Um, so you get these characters. I think that... Jake Lloyd is. I think Jake Lloyd still got some issues. Yeah, uh, the, the little kid. Yeah, and that's that's sad. But you know, you get these people. They they do something aside, away from kind of away from Hollywood to handle their inner demons and the turmoil they have to deal with the backlash of being these characters and such a, you know, having such high fame so quickly. And then you have Shia LaBeouf that's like, no, fuck you. I'm the greatest. You need to recognize me for how great I am. Uh, I'm going to take these drugs and do some random shit. Again, never heard he's taking drugs. But this guy is on some drugs, okay? We need, <laughs> he's on, on something for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, we're spending too much time on the characters. Um, I do not yep. know how to pronounce this character. It looks like it's Digimon, which sounds like Pokemon. And... <laughs> so. Do you, how do you pronounce that? Jamon Hansu? I, that's, yeah, that, there you go. Jamon Hansu. Yeah, Papa Midnight. Uh, I know you just made me do this on purpose. You didn't want to look like you're being <laughs> racist. So you put it on the Mexican, and that's pretty rude and hilarious. Um, he was, uh, oh, excuse me, he plays a former witch doctor. What? I, not former, because he's. Te- I feel like he is a witch doctor in this film. He gave he gave it life up though, so he could be you know the the owner of the club. He you know he doesn't do that stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he doesn't. Um, he well, was a friend says. and associate of John. When uh, I was supposed to say John Winchester, <laughs> John Constantine. I need more coffee. Apparently, 
Um, he has yeah. played an Aquaman. Have not seen it. Shazam! I have seen Shazam. I like Shazam. Uh, mm. Disney's What If? Have you been watching this? I think you and uh, Fred have been watching it. I got up to the zombie episode, and I've not watched them since then. So mm. I need to go back and finish it up, I guess. But I'll, I heard a lot of people say it kind of peaked with that episode. So I, I'm, I'm maybe seen the best they had to offer. Yeah. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy loved them. I liked all of them, and I hear some shit, especially about the second one. And I'm like, ah, go fuck off. I liked it. I'm not saying you talk it about was amazing a- effects. Yeah, the, the effects they did on um, Kurt Russell, like oh the aging him God. in that movie, yes. are so amazing. Yes, in general, that oh my God, I don't know. I just really liked it. Captain Marvel, I could not bring myself to watch it. Um, <laughs> And then I've heard all the backlash outside of that, which the actress kind of brings it on herself. She does. She's kind of I mean, having. She, she's not just... on any drugs that I can tell, but she's got that Shia LaBeouf attitude. Shia LaBeouf. Yes. Um, and then a Quiet Place Two, which I have seen. I remember his character. Uh, I loved a Quiet Place Two. Oh, and I have still yet to see a Quiet Place One. <laughs> yeah, you. Uh, uh, was it? Is it John uh, Cranston? Is what's is, is John? Is that his first John name? Krasinski? Uh, John Krasinski. Okay, yeah he he makes that that first movie. I mean, like I mean, you know the the rest of the cast is still good, and you know of course his wife that's in the movie with him, she's great. But like I mean, that first movie really resides on his shoulders because you know he he does his thing where he you know really emotes and like you know really sells the 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 you know like the, the anguish that he has you know at certain scenes and all that so he's just he's a great There's visual a actor fucking else. stress but he, but he, in the second film i can only imagine the, at least in the second film they are somewhat prepared you know <laughs> uh exactly and then like i mean I, I think it really helped all those years he spent on the office because where he had to like be like overly dramatic with his face to the camera every time Dwight said something stupid. But like <laughs> he's carried that on and like he's such a good visual actor. He really is. Oh, he really is. And th- you need visuals in this film because you're not going to get a lot of, um, well, it's not a talky film, if you will. Yeah, yeah, they went back to the silent film. Not very talky. <laughs> um, I won't give any spoilers away, any big spoilers, but if you know, you know. I like how in the second film, the wife was the focus. I can only imagine how much John Krasinski was the focus on the first one. Yeah, he was He was a big factor in the, in the first film. And I like how, sure. I mean, obviously, you know, I, I, it's those, if you know, you know, but I like how they did that with two separate films because I think everyone would enjoy John Krasinski being the main focus in the second film because I've heard how amazing the first one was, but... I think it was a good choice to pick another character to kind of stand in the forefront. And not just, she wasn't like the full focus. It really kind of focused on what the family was doing as a whole. Yeah, I mean, it it, it really did a good job of picking up the pieces and, and giving, you know, uh, airtime and, and, you know, and good focus on the people who were kind of secondary characters in the first film. I, I agree entirely with that. Yes, um, okay, moving on to uh, Peter St- Stomar. Ugh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing Stor- that right. Stormare. Stormare? That, sound- that looked too yeah. easy. I was like, this is not. Uh, <laughs> Peter Stomare. I think it sounds fancier. I stuck my pinky out when I said that. Uh, no, Peter Stormare, uh, who played Lucifer. Did they call him Lucifer in this? No, huh? Uh, yes. Oh, they did? I missed it. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, he plays. They, Lucifer. Did, they didn't call him the devil, though. He's yeah. he's just Lucifer. So. Yeah. Um, not really the ultimate baddie. <laughs> Very well put. Um, what does this say, John Abruzzi? What's that? Uh, John Abruzzi. He was a uh, prison break character. That's all a lot oh, of people okay. know him from. It moved. Okay, it didn't yeah. move down there. I did not see Prison Break. Uh, John Wick, which I like. I said haven't seen the first one. Heard a great thing. He was one of the people at. Which is funny because, you know, another Keanu movie, but he's like one of the people, I'm pretty sure he's one of the people, it's like, did you just fuck with, you know, uh, John Wick? He's like, you you brought, you know, you brought it on us all now. Like, he's he's one of the people in the first movie that realizes you don't fuck with John Wick, and now that you have, we're all fucking dead. So, yeah. I thought that was hilarious. Um, Let me see. American Gods. Oh, my God. Have I heard amazing things, and I have still not watched this. He plays Chernabog in that movie and or that TV show, and it is amazing. His portrayal is great. And this is also a graphic novel, isn't it? Uh, it might be, but it's it's um. Why am I drawing? I've a blank seen on, uh, a graphic novel of American Gods. Yeah, the, they probably do, but I mean the the novel of it is is what you really want to get because I mean there's so much detail that was put into it and. And it's the it's the same author who did Coraline, or you know that that did Coraline. Yes, and Neil did, uh, Gaiman. Uh, Neil Gaiman, yeah, yeah. yeah. He uh, he he's just so good. Like he works in the mythology of those different gods and goddesses, like so well into that story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hansel and Gretel, which I have seen this, and I don't remember him. I, I don't remember him, but that's because Jeremy Renner pretty much like steals that show. So, I thought I mean, that uh, his sister stole it. <laughs> well, technically, yeah, yeah she but, does. I mean, I guess both of them. Uh, Castlevania, the Netflix series, which I've seen, uh, I've seen the first season of that. Who did he play? There's like a vampire that's kind of like a, a secondary character who who's like a kind of a pirate type character that you know uh, is um, off to the side and he he's trying to rise up through the ranks and like there's two different other vampires that are fighting you know Dracula and then like the the, the female vampire and I can't remember her name that Camilla that like you know are fighting each other and he's like one that's trying to work his way through to, to whichever one gives him the most benefit he's kind of like you know a, a play both sides mercenary and Peter Stormare is the voice for it you know for that character uh godbrand is the name of the character he's he's pretty significant for the first at least the first season I yeah believe. maybe I, even yeah you know. he was and um i did not i did not know but i guess i didn't pay attention to who was playing what the series itself is really good highly recommend um okay bad boys one and two which i'm sure i've seen one i may have seen two uh really enjoyed those I have to ask because it's one of my favorite movies uh, in the tradition of Hot Fuzz. You ain't seen Bad Boys 2. Shut up. <laughs> and you had somewhat of an accent, but it was uh, swaying on Kentucky British. So if that's a thing. Yeah, well, it's the best I can do because you get the Appalachian accent. It, it comes through no matter what. Oh, my God. And then Gavin Rossdale, who I had completely forgotten was in this film. Um, oh, my God. I think I would have liked to see him a little bit more. He was a handsome fella back in the day. And he was so popular back then. He was, but like he sucks in this movie. I'm he does. Sorry. Like I don't but know. They, they, they give him really time to do anything. They prob- That's probably why they didn't. They're like, ah, fuck this. They probably cut so many of his scenes because they're like, eh. I'm going to mention it right now because I have to. There is a scene with him in it, and it, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. 
it's it's where uh, he first where you first really get introduced to Balthazar and the scene in Papa Midnight's Club. Yes, and and John's like you know walking away and and Balthazar's like kind of like taunting him and he has this line. It's like uh, looks like you're on the way down. Uh, he's like um, uh, let's see fresh meat and then he goes. He, he sucks on his fingers for a second. And he goes, finger looking good. And like that whole scene is just so laughably bad. <laughs> like if you go back and watch it, it is the worst. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, God, you suck, Gavin Rosdale. Like you were terrible in this scene. I blame it on the actor. I mean, I'm, no, I I'm, I'm deleting that. No one will ever hear me say that. I blame the director. Yeah, he could have got a better performance out of him, but it's just, oh my God, his yeah. lines are so bad. Realistically, though, Gavin Rossdale was, is, was, is a musician, is, was, and you don't always, you don't always get those people that transform from, you know, one source of media to the other. So it just didn't translate. He tried. You get that Bart Simpson cake. <laughs> At least he tried. Because <laughs> the only other you put the only other like credit I can see on here is The Habit, which is a 2021 film. I haven't heard anything about that. He, I haven't either. But he's not barely been anything else. Like I is is like credits on there, like slim to none when it comes to movies. Like it was pretty much this, and he done maybe a few bit parts and some other things, and then The Habit. He's like you know he's came back you know after I, I guess uh, his uh, you know wife's. Uh, uh, you know, moving on to uh, Blake, you know, yeah. Shelton or whatever has uh, prompted him to get back into acting or something. I don't know. but <sighs> Well, and th- let's just throw it out there. Gavin Rossdale was well known in the 90s for being lead singer of the band Bush. And he was also mm-hmm. known as Gwen Stefani's husband because <laughs> she was the queen of she- grunge back or not even grunge, just what I don't know what kind of rock you would have put her in back then. Ska? She did. She did. It ska? was almost. It was. Uh, it was almost ska. Yeah. It yeah. was Like a, a weird mix between the two of them and pop. Like she. That's the reason I think she was so popular. She like had like three or four genres that she was like big in, and the fact that she's beautiful doesn't yeah. really hurt that either. But you know. Yeah, and so uh, this idiot cheated on her with the fucking nanny, fucking whore Babylon <laughs> Bell. <laughs> he had his own bell that he uh that, and she was not a long suffering li- or wife like uh, Mary Stone. She said fuck you and Yeah, it. she moved on. She got herself a uh, Blake Shelton and now she is in the country genre which they did a song together and I liked it. I did too. And she is so okay, for her being the queen of most things that she has involved herself in, she is so humble about it and she has admitted that she is writing his coattails into this. So, I mean, that's not something I ever expected to hear from her because I know the country fandom is probably having a hard time accepting her. They probably are. And, and there's, and the country uh, fandom, I mean, this is totally a tangent, but they still have bad feelings against her because of the fact that, you know, like Blake moved on so quickly from, you know, his, uh, uh, I don't remember her name now, Pistolani's, uh, you know, ex-wife or whatever, who cheated on him as well with another singer. But, uh, you know, like, the, you know, they even though she cheated, they kind of gave Blake shit for, like, moving on with Gwen. And, and, and But they didn't give him shit. They passed it on to Gwen. That's how they always do this. They always push it on to the other woman. But, like, I mean, he was totally, like, in a bad state. You could tell, like, he was even, like, his weight was, like, bad. Like, he, you know, if you watch The Voice at any point in time right after that breakup he had, like, he, you know, he, he you know, had that, like, you know, clammy look or whatever. You could yeah. tell he was, like, really, really drinking himself. Yes, I was going to say he was drinking for sure. Sure. 
and and Gwen pulled him back out of that. And I mean, I you know, you can be an asshole and like you know th- want to throw that on her and all that stuff, but she really turned his life around. So good on him, I think. Yeah, and I mean, it's not like they rushed into anything. They were together for years before they even got engaged, and they had a little bit of a long engagement to the point where I thought they weren't going to get married. Yeah, and I think I, I think the main reason for that is they were. She might have been ready to move on because her relationship, her marriage, had, like you know, broke up well enough before that that she was ready. His was like so fresh. I think he might have been the you know the stickler on that one. I think he was kind of afraid to get you know that kind of hurt again or something. Well, I don't blame him. He had two failed marriages, and I mean, he was like the monkey swinging from branch to branch. You know, he cheated on his wife, I believe, <laughs> with um. Oh God, I forgot her name was a country singer. Um, anyways, he cheated on his wife. He was on tour with this country artist, very well known. Um, he, she who shall not be named. Just kidding. I just don't know her name right now. And then I think he was. Uh, there was speculation about Gwen Stefani and him long before him and his wife started divorcing. So, you know, uh, nothing has been confirmed, but. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, you can call, call it as you see it. Okay, moving on to the movie discussion. It looks like you have some uh, some tidbits of info in here. Um, I'm not good at recalling details of a film from beginning to end. I'll remember specific details. So I don't know how you want to how you want to hold this discussion. Um, you you discuss what you want to discuss, and I'll chime in with anything that I've got anything to say about. That okay. you 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 run with it. I'm gonna go through your notes real quick, and then we'll see where we can take it from here. But the only characters from the Vertigo Hellblazer comics series, if you will, to make the transition to film from the comics, besides the title character, obviously Constantine, are Ellie the Demon, Papa Midnight, Chaz Kramer, which. I don't know why I didn't know Chaz was a deal in the comics and Gabriel, which Gabriel, come on now. Like, <laughs> how can you not have that in the film? In my opinion. I don't know. Chaz was like, is, is, um, is, is Constantine's like sidekick in the stories too. And, or a friend. And, but the problem is, is if you know anything about Constantine, in the comics, his friends always meet tragic ends because anybody associated with John's almost cursed. Like John is, to uh to meet a bad end and they know this even though they they still they, there's something about john even though he's kind of an ass and he kind of you know like looks out for himself more often than he does for his friends he does he is there whenever they need him and there's something about him that they gravitate toward and that chaz was like the ultimate you know like you know and i think chaz was even the maybe the character that was introduced in the matt ryan version of constantine because he he had a driver that worked for him in that one that you know and I'm pretty sure that was supposed to be Chaz in that representation but Chaz always meets a bad end uh, no matter what it is when it comes to John because he's like one of John's like longest allies and you know it, it's one of those things where and he he does the most for John of of all John's sidekicks so it's kind of a it, bittersweet thing Yeah I know I was going to do a Hellblazer episode with Rain Man and so it required me to read one of the comics that they were reading. And it was probably like, um, I know that usually what we get involved with is like a series of about five or six comic books in relation to one storyline um, is usually what happens. And I, I had only gotten through a few of them. I wasn't able to be a part of this particular episode, but um, I don't remember Chaz being in. So I'm not a huge comic, Constantine comic book reader or Hellblazer comic book reader, but yeah, um, I, I didn't remember Chaz, so I didn't know that he was originally in the comics. I didn't mm-hmm. know a lot of things, let's be honest. 
So. <laughs> uh, okay, so a line about Constantine not wanting Angela to be just another ghost is a throwback to a comic where the character is haunted by the ghost of dead friends. Um, wow. That's, that's, that's deep. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty much like, I mean, Constantine's M.O. Like, if you're a friend with Constantine, you're going to die, and then he's going to have to live with the fact that he could probably, A, see your ghost, and, and that's always looking on from the sidelines and, you know, kind of giving you that, you know, like, what did you do to me, John? Like, why, why you know, it's kind of like they, they agree to the, the pact with the devil, you know, or, or with Constantine, as it were, in life. But then after death, whenever they're kind of like, you know, they've met a bad end, they kind of conglomerate, you know, around John. And they kind of like, you know, it's like they're kind of blaming him for like what befell them, even though he warned them. You know, he always warns them well in advance. It's like you you, you get in my life, you're going you're going to suffer. So that's kind of what that little throwback line was about. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I am going through all these, like, tidbits of information. I'm like, holy shit. I kind of want to go through this after we go through a little bit of the film. So I'm going to save. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So from what I recall, you're going to have to fill in gaps because, like I said, I can't even remember the haunted houses I went through, all the details. <laughs> but basically, we get an introduction to Constantine's character. Did it start with uh, with Isabella? committing suicide because I can't remember if it was it was the dream that um, her sister had. I thought that the movie specifically started with the uh, showing uh, Mexico and the, the oh, finding of the, the yes, spear. Which, which was very racista. Um, which was interesting. <laughs> I didn't get elaboration on this. I feel like this is more of a comic book thing or anything. But yes, you have a uh, two uh, scavengers, if you will, in Mexico that are going through kind of like... Um, some kind of destroyed building of some sorts. And one steps on a, I don't know, worn out piece of wood. And immediately underneath, he sees something. He pulls it out and it is this blade that is it, what the spear of destiny is what it ends up being. Yes. And mm -hmm. it's wrapped in a Nazi flag. Do you have anything to elaborate on that? It well, it's assumed that Hitler got the Spear of Destiny, or a lot of occultists believe this that it, that he got it during World War II, and that's why the Nazis rose so quickly in power, Germany or Germany in particular, and that that he lost it at some point during the war, and that's the reason the Germans ultimately lost is because the spear fell out of their hands. That's what that's you know it, even Hellboy plays into that, which is funny because. That's one of the notes in there. That spear that they use in this movie is actually the same prop they use from Hellboy. Oh, that's exactly. awesome! <laughs> that's but, badass. Uh, but that's the the lore behind it. That that's how you know Germany rose so prominently is because they had the spear, and whoever owns the spear is supposed to be the one that you know will take over the world or has the ultimate power to. And when Germany lost the spears, whenever they, you know, and it, it's assumed that it came to America, that's the reason America rose as a as a world power after, you know, the the Nazis fell. That that's that's the occult version behind all that. So mm. that's the reason it's wrapped in the Nazi flag. Interesting tidbit about that Nazi flag: they destroyed it right after the film because they didn't want uh, neo Nazis to get a hold of it and you know hold it up. You know the flag they used in this film as like a you know something for them to rally around. So they actually destroyed that Nazi flag shortly after the filming of the movie. Mm. And it, that's the thing about it is it was cool. I think it really does well setting up. They didn't use. I mean, <sighs> skipping through and just 
briefly, they they show this guy traveling basically to Los Angeles to he he he's 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 got a mission. He has been possessed by something. The spear of destiny has just given him what he what is this mark they put on him too? Do you know what that mark is? Um, I don't think that I ever figured out what that mark is because like it's not really mentioned in any of the trivia. The mark that Constantine has is, but like. Uh, not not the one that's on them, and it's like you know, and and it's the same mark that Isabella gets, you know, on her on her dead body. The same one that the, you know, the priest or what or you know the the, the well former priest, whatever he is, that con- the 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 overweight priest that Constantine's friends with, that's also a drinker. It's the same symbol he saw in Isabella that he also you know you know basically stabbed into his hand so that Constantine could get the symbol. And I think they make mention of it in the movie, but it's like, I think it isn't the mark of mammon or something like that. Is it the mark of the devil's son or something like that? Um, I believe is what they said. Googling, I, I, I'm forgetting that aspect of it. No, you're not wrong. But Googling came up with Icon of Pazuzu, but I thought that was more of an Arrowverse thing, which I guess could be Constantine. I mean, I, that could roll into Constantine. Yeah, it could be. It... It doesn't look like it, though. Oh, my God, the power's going out again. Okay. <laughs> you you mentioned pizza guys, I man. know, fucking fault. shit. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyways, okay. So what I was getting at before the devil tried to uh, take over my podcast was that I don't feel like the marks and the Spear of Destiny being wrapped in the Nazi flag, like, you can infer that it's not good. But unless you're reading the comics or they elaborate a little bit more, which I don't think they did, I didn't really have any idea. And this is coming from somebody who I feel is into the universes pretty well. And obviously I am not because I had no clue. I'm over here asking you. (laughs) It's, It's really, I mean... They, they played pretty loose with the, I mean, first of all, with the general Constantine stuff. But then the funny part is they, they played loose with it, but then they did specific things with it that only comic book fans would get. It's a weird mix. A it really is. Weird and mix. I mean, obviously, like I said, if you're a true fan, you're like, this is awesome. And if you're like me, you're like, okay, this is cool. But what does it mean? You know? Um, anyways, moving on, uh, we get a scene where basically Constantine is called in by Father Hennessy. I love that name. That's yes. the one. Uh, yeah. Who, which, by the way, I would like to bring up this character, Father Hennessy. I don't know who the actor was. Um, I'm going to pull it up real quick. He was in a wonderful movie, a great film called Identity. Do you remember okay. Identity? I okay. don't. What was okay, that movie so about? Okay, his name is Pruitt Taylor Vince. That's the name of the actor. And what Identity was, was... There, this particular character, which is played by, um, oh goodness, hold on, let's go to identity real quick. Um, the main character, which was uh, John Cusack, um, people they get okay. stranded during this crazy storm that's happening in the Nevada desert, so they all take refuge in a, I'm gonna say abandoned motel, and people are dying okay. off. So okay. it's kind of a whodunit, but it's a almost like a supernatural in a sense until you figure until the, it gets to the ending and I'm not giving that away. I saw the the trailer for that but I never did you watch, need to that, watch movie. that fucking movie. I do it's a that really now. really the okay. twist 
will fucking get you. Um, and the reason I bring this up is because Father Hennessy, who was, again, played by the, uh, oh, I already got Pruitt, John, I'm so terrible at this. Anyways, he, uh, in, in Constantine, he has this thing where you see him moving his eyes as he's scanning over the pages. He's some kind of, what would you say his character is? I know he plays a priest of sorts, but I feel like, um, you know how Kevin was in Supernatural? He was some kind of prophet? According to the Constantine wiki that I just uh, looked up just now, he is just a priest who, uh, a friend of Constantine, who is an alcoholic that kind of leads into his death later on. But also, he's got the rare ability to speak with the dead. That's his main, you know, thing. So he can he could speak with, you know, like ghosts and, and like dead bodies and that mm, sort of thing. I feel thing. like he's a prophet. Because the way he was scanning over the pages with just his hand, and then he was able to, unless that was the dead speaking to him because he was hearing voices... Uh, it stopped right and he grabbed the page just as he was like his hands were just throwing these newspaper articles over he was looking for something for Constantine constantly trying to find something for him anyways back to the discussion he had heard about this girl who was possessed by a demon to which Constantine is able to successfully get this demon out but it kind of sparks a situation where this was a soldier I don't know if it was a soldier of the devil and he kicked this demon back to hell, but it kind of made him wonder what's going on. This isn't supposed to be happening. Demons are not supposed to be on Earth. They're not supposed to be on Earth, and they're also not supposed to use, at, at least in the lore of this movie, that they're not supposed to use humans as like a source of like, you know, uh, a way through, like the barrier. Yeah, I, I heard a comment that they're, they're being, they usually played with as hand puppets, but usually nothing more than that. And nobody believes Constantine. Like yeah, he tells it, multiple sources he needs help, and they're like, "That doesn't happen." Everyone just kind of turns a blind eye. It's like, yeah, everybody's like, "That's not the agreement." That you know, the agreement's this, and that's that, that's never happened. Yes, um, it's around this time that, and I and I don't have this so much in the notes, but basically we get Isabella's sister. What was her name? <laughs> I don't. I keep forgetting. No, you, you're right. Isabel is the sister. Angela, Angela is the is name. The name. Of the cop, so Angela's you, having a yeah. dream. She basically has a vision of Isabella killing herself, which is exactly how it happened in real life. Because of their both, you learn their connection as you know twins, but also the fact that they're you know spoiler alert they're they're both psychics. Yes. And this is know. the situation that kind of inevitably brings Constantine and Angela together to kind of work together throughout the film is that she's investigating. She is convinced that I moved away from my microphone. She is convinced that her sister did not kill herself. And I, okay. Side note, I watched everything and you don't see anything in the cameras, but I was also convinced that her sister didn't kill herself and it never fully addressed I know Constantine's like, oh, she's in hell. She killed herself. But her sister was still like, no, something caused it. How did you feel about that? Well, honestly, as far as the movie went, I didn't really get anything from it that she killed herself either. But I've I've read things since then that kind of, you know, filled in the gaps or whatever that the movie didn't have. And, and this is kind of a movie that begs for a director's cut to a certain mm-hmm. extent. But basically, it, it insinuates that at that point, uh, the devil's son had found like the perfect host, like he does at the end of the movie mm-hmm. with Angela, to come through. He was already in the process of doing that, even though he didn't have the... Or, well, I guess he, even then he had Gabriel on his side. And Angela 
knowing that she was, you know, the perfect vessel and that she was on the verge of, you know, bringing forth this, you know, this hell to earth, she willingly killed herself so that he couldn't use yeah, her body. Yeah, so basically... That's, that's what the, the Isn't that like is. a self-sacrifice, though? She did that to protect it, the people. It, 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 but in this movie, they portray it as like, you know, if you kill yourself for any, you know, at all, for any reason... You know, you are doomed to hell because that's you know what's in the Bible. Suicide equals we'll hell. Talk you know, that, about that's the that way that they the play end. it. Yes, because as a Catholic, this really resonated <laughs> with me. I was like, okay, it looks like she killed herself, but I'm with her sister. There's something else going on, and it doesn't fully address it. But it wasn't the worst that they didn't because they this film it gets moving pretty fucking fast after this. Um, we move to a scene where, well. Again, not in my notes, but uh, Constantine meets with his, I don't know, this guy gives him uh, artifacts that Constantine uses in his battles. Yeah, Beeman. Beeman is his okay, yeah. and he meets with him and he gets a few things. And I think in your notes you had one of the things that, uh, well, no, this wasn't one of the things he got, but you had mentioned that the lighter in the film that Constantine uses to constantly smoke cigarettes um, I'm diverting a little bit, but that was actually created for the film. Yeah, it was uh, actually produced by Zippo with a the like a, a image or or some kind of representation of Saint Benedict on the on the lighter. Yeah, itself. for some reason when I saw about the lighter, and this is why I diverted to that was I was thinking of the dragon's breath that Constantine got from Beeman. Oh. Uh... <sighs> the dragon's breath. It was what? like is this flute looking thing. He gets a screaming beetle. Oh, he gets okay. this, the flute looking thing. He was that's, that's where the fire came out of. Okay, okay. And then, are we talking about the scene where Constantine gets attacked by the uh, the bug parasite uh, demon, or are we talking about that no? Yet? Because or, that or this happens that after. And the reason why I brought up a Beeman first was because Constantine gets this box with a screaming beetle or something in it some kind of screaming mm -hmm. bug. And then it does go into the scene where he's on the street and he is attacked by another demon that is made of bugs. And I swear I saw him attempt to, he unsuccessfully tried to use that screaming beetle. Okay. I, I want to say, I mean, I agree with you, but I want to say that that scene stands out to me for another mm -hmm. reason. It's just a fact and it's not their fault, but you get... The CGI in this movie's hit or miss, and I feel like that scene with the bugs is like bad. Like he really looked like bad. Oogie Boogie. Like, I mean, there's some of it that, with without the yeah, rap. He, <laughs> yeah, he, he looked like Oogie Boogie, but less well done. And that's the sad thing. I would rather take the uh, you know the claymation version of this effect versus what we got in the movie, where you know like when they used the actual real bugs, I, well, at least I assume they did it for a couple of the scenes, it, you know, it, it worked, but then just like the whole mass of them moving together, you know, I don't know. The CGI wasn't good enough to pull that yeah, off. Yeah. I mean, at least they tried that. That's <laughs> I, I feel, I feel like that they should have recognized their, and, and that's the thing I noticed about this too. The weird thing about this movie is they actually had prosthetic effects for everything, but what they did with this movie is that they took the prosthetic effect that was made by actual design company, meaning it was a real effect, and they digitally recreated it and made it into CGI. So th there was proper, uh, you know, 
makeup effects done for everything in this movie, but they digitized all of it to make it into CGI. And I'm just sitting there thinking, like, why the hell did you do yeah, this? Yeah, I mean... I mean, it makes sense for some of the things, but, I mean... It was good for the time, but it doesn't hold up very well. So, we're at the part right now where John Constantine, or JC as I like to call him, not to be confused with a sweet, tiny, eight-pound, seven-ounce baby Lord Jesus. Sweet baby Jesus. He gets diagnosed with lung cancer. Sweet baby Jesus, yes. <laughs> he gets diagnosed with lung cancer. And for the longest time, the, from the first time I've seen this movie to now, at first I was a little confused as to whether or not he was glad he had gotten this diagnosis. But then it kind of comes to light that when he sees Gabriel for the first time in the film, he's kind of asking for a reprieve to try to get himself into heaven. And Gabriel's pretty much like, <laughs> don't think about that. Think about other shit. Yeah, she uh, she brings up a lot of the facts that are, you know, she's like, well, the reason that you're dying is because of the fact that you smoked like, well, I don't know, was it three packs a day or something like that since you were like 15 years old? And then like the and she says the reason you're not getting to heaven is because you took a life. Yeah. And I mean, because he took his own life, which we kind of get into a little bit further down in the story, um, which that's a I, I, I don't know if I've already said that before, but that's a big thing for Catholics, you know, obviously. It's a big thing for a lot of Christians, I should say, not just Catholics, but I don't know. I feel like Catholics are a little bit more strict about it. I mean, shit, when Angela is begging the priest, please let her have a Catholic funeral, and he's like, I can't. My hands are tied, you know? So, I don't know. It's sad, and it's hard, and you and I both agreed that we really did not. I mean, it's not like we could convince anybody otherwise in the story, but it's like we really truly believe she did not off herself, you know? If she did it, she did it uh, as a preventative to save other people, which kind of makes her more of a martyr, in my opinion, than than a suicide. Exactly. Um, so we move on to, um, we see John, I, was about to, I keep wanting to say John Winchester, John, John Constantine, JC, get assaulted by yet another demon, which we talked about, which was the bug demon. Um, and he attempts to use that screaming beetle that Beeman gave him. I, for some reason, I noticed this. You didn't really quite notice that. But it didn't work. I don't know what it was supposed to do. He kind of just gave up on it and threw it in the street. Um, but this leads him to kind of run to Papa Midnight and try to convince him that, hey, demons are doing shit they're not supposed to be doing here on Earth. So he tries to tell them about the girl getting possessed. They kind of just poo-poo it. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, Papa Midnight is of the belief that, I mean, when he made the, the contract to be neutral, that or, and, and there's nothing really in the movie that says like what that entailed, but it, it's kind of implied that whenever he made that, uh, you know, a thing, that every, you know, that it was uh, uh, across the board, heaven and hell was uh, to become neutral too. So, I mean, it, it's kind of like he's he's in disbelief that anybody would kind of go back on, on their word. Uh, he's kind of one of those people that believes that once you, you know, once that con that pact is made, that it, it's going to stay that way, or at least that's the way it's implied. Yeah, and like he really does believe in the balance, which I appreciate, but... I feel like Papa Midnight knows what both sides are capable of. I guess the good is just as, you know, capable of crossing over the boundaries as the bad side is. But I feel like when you know 
the evil side is when you're balancing good and evil and you know the evil side is capable of evil way easier than the good is I feel like you would give John the benefit of the doubt I don't know that's that's just me that's how I feel on it you got to realize that John Constantine makes complete enemies of everybody that you know even his own friends or you know or friends in the quotation marks because he, he's he's fucked them over one way or the other. So Papa Midnight's probably not giving him much benefit of the doubt all the way around. And he knows that, you know, if John is is messing around with things or whatever, it could, you know, uh, bring more problems because, I mean, that's kind of what John does. I mean, it all works out in the end usually, but it, it the, you know, it's one of those things where John does a lot of shitty things to get, or at least in the comics, to get what he wants to happen. Yeah, he does kind of, he also messes with the balance a little bit. Okay, I get it. I get it. That makes sense. And and in the show, I mean, this has nothing to do with this movie, but in the show, uh, you know, Constantine, uh, you know, is kind of shown that he hates the, the, the ones from above as well as the ones from below because there's an angel that shows up and, and basically, like, the angels are portrayed, at least in the show, as being, like, very uh, strict and very, you know, like, the, they're unbending in their, their rules. And that, that goes against Constantine completely because if he can't find a, some kind of loophole to get out of things or some way to manipulate, you know, his way, th- you know, through the legalese, as it were, he, I mean, it, that, that just grinds his gears. Well, yeah, and in Prophecy, I had mentioned that, the angels were just almost too good and they believed only in what they presumed to be good, which could cause a lot of pain and suffering sometimes. They didn't think about, it's like, no, we're just doing this for the greater good. We don't care what the cost is, um, which is crazy because I feel like on the evil side, you get a bit, a little more bend from them, which is funny because you wouldn't assume that, you know, at least not the way I was raised. Um, okay, so now we have... Angela kind of consults with Constantine. Um, She's needing some assistance. She wants to see if he can assist her in some way to try to figure out what happened with her sister. And, you know, he kind of puts her off a little bit. He's kind of avoiding, you know, assisting her in any way. When he finally does come around um, and they start talking a little bit, he's trying to see what she believes and kind of fill her out a little bit. They get attacked again by some, I don't know, winged demon of sorts right in front of a store that seemed to have some kind of like a church paraphernalia if you will or catholic i mean there was definitely a virgin mary yeah the virgin mary which i was like oh that'll that will protect you (laughs) um which kind of did but that's only because he had the tools from beamen to kind of protect them uh i don't know that angela needed to see that I guess maybe she was kind of at this point having a crisis of her own beliefs and her own abilities in terms of the fact that it is later revealed that her sister is pretty much psychic uh, in some sort of way and has certain abilities. And then Angela eventually reveals that she too has these abilities. Uh, It's kind of difficult because they're twins. And I feel like that's a very common thing with twins that people don't even question that. We'll discuss that a little bit later. Do you know what that item was that he used to, uh, to kind of ward the demons off that were attacking him at that point in the movie, though? I honestly forgot. What was it? 
I don't think it was ever revealed in the in the movie, but like the director came back after the fact and said it was like the shroud of or like a piece of the shroud of Moses or something like that that he used to like you know light up and you know cast the demons out. Yeah, I did. I think I saw that in the notes that we'll go over the kind of uh, tr- trivia, if you will, of the film. But yeah, I had no clue. <laughs> and this is like my I don't know my third or fourth time watching this film i didn't know what a lot of the things were i don't feel like a lot of them were i mean i guess you can't spend the whole film saying oh well this is this and here's the lore behind it um so i don't know you for a basic bitch watcher like me you almost have to be just watching the film to enjoy the film and if you know the lore behind it that makes it even better but (laughs) i did not so i'm gonna be honest about that um anyways at this point, Constantine is convinced that this demon wasn't after Constantine, it was after Angela. Yeah, he's he's figured out at this point that he's that they're they're needing her for some reason and it, you know, and he might even have an inkling that it might have something to do with her sister too, like there's some kind of connection there. Yeah, um he picks up on that pretty quickly and I'm pretty sure at this point in his life being what he's been through, he's pretty intuitive. Um later on, they make it back to her apartment. And he gets her uh, not so much the answer she's looking for, but he's able to kind of prove that her sister did off herself by visiting Hal, uh, verifying that she is indeed there. And he brought back her hospital bracelet, which I think even then she was like, mm, nope, she didn't kill herself. Like something had to have happened. I want to go back for just a second, though, because I got to bring this up. Rachel Wise is giving uh, Keanu Reeves some some definite fuck me eyes whenever she first like comes to that apartment to try to weasel her way in and like you know he's got the the spider trapped underneath the shot glass and he you know and and all that and he doesn't have any want to have anything to do with her and she's trying to work her way in there to kind of get him to help her out like she really like gives him a look like you know let me in you know we could we can do things I don't know if you noticed that but like she I mean it's pretty common thread throughout the movie that she does that and it's and that's where it kind of starts. I couldn't have said, excuse me, better myself. I'm glad you said that because I really feel like she had those eyes very often. Asking a simple question, let's bang. (laughs) Hey, I think my sister killed herself. Can you find out for me? Let's bang. Uh, Hey, what is this cool weapon you're holding? Let's bang. And and one of the worst ones, it's like, do do I need to get naked to get in this tub? And, you know, she's kind of giving a look like, please say I can get naked. And he's like, no, you're all right. And then she kind of, you You know what? Angela is a whore of Babylon. <laughs> I just know it. Uh, she's she's Belle. Um, so she's, yeah. Well, there's a Isabella, so maybe uh, Isabella, Belle, maybe that was channeling through Angela. I don't know. There you go. Um, so anyways, yeah, uh, he confirmed that Isabella allegedly offed herself. He didn't have any other better information to give her. Um, he then eventually gives a little bit of background of how he came to be Constantine, basically. I mean, obviously that's his name, but, uh, why he committed suicide and it gets a little, I mean, you almost can't blame him because he goes into the history of what he has seen all the way, you know, growing up and how at such a young age, he realized what was out there. And I think he got to the point where he just couldn't take it anymore and attempted to kill himself. He spent two minutes in hell and he said two minutes in hell felt like an eternity. He was revived, brought back, and he became the uh, the little baddie that he is, basically. Um, 
So that's where we're at pretty much in this story. Do you have anything to add to that? Well, the the thing about the the eternity and hell or whatever and the time or whatever, they bring that up several uh, several points in the movie, especially like when you were talking about he goes to the apartment to to you know go down to hell and, and check in on Isabella or whatever, see if she's actually there. Like it, it shows like the door as the door is closing, you know, on Angela's side, like it just completely stops, like time stops before he comes back. Oh yeah, time stops. And and it does the same thing whenever she's at you know in the tub after the you know she's like do it can I get naked you know or whatever like that whole scene like when she comes back out of it it's or like as she's going down like you see like the drops from the the faucet or whatever you know kind of stopping in midair and that's kind of the symbolize that you know time has frozen while you know she's in hell. Yeah, you physically see it at the end on his watch, too. Well, towards the end of the movie on his watch, you physically see time stop. So, yes, I'm glad you brought that up because that was a thing. And that's probably why it was an eternity, because time on Earth, probably while no time had passed for him, it was like, oh, my God, I've been here for 200 years for for all we know. You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, Father Hennessy, um, he is investigating and he's actually investigating um, Isabella's body. Uh, He's trying to find clues to help Constantine, and he finds a mark on her wrist, and then weird shit starts to happen. Um, (laughs) Before he's trying to, I don't know if he's trying to drink from his flask. I, for some reason, I was like, oh, that's holy water. It's going to help him, because he kind of suspected, I don't know, I think he started getting weird vibes, and he couldn't drink from his flask. He went to a gas station, or excuse me, a liquor store, and starts trying to down any beverage he can get his hand on. Now on video camera, it looks like he's. Than... <laughs> I think you're. I think you're giving me why. Way why more do you feel that way? Deserves. Oh, what with the holy water? Yeah, because he uh, he's a you know portrayed as like a drunk in the movie, and he he was just like whenever he started getting like those weird vibes, it was like his go to was just to hit the drink, hit the bottle, and kind of ease his nerves a little bit. Okay, I don't blame him. (laughs) I don't blame him. He has to deal with some weird ass shit. Look, he's only in this movie, what, a handful of times. No more than five times in this film. And every time he's dealing with some fucking bullshit that we don't have to deal with. We, you and I personally are like, okay, we think that this is a possibility and we have little spidey senses of this stuff, but we don't have to deal with that shit really. (laughs) If he needs a drink to deal with the fucking demon shit that's going on, fucking have a drink, dude. But he did actually have a drink, even though while we're watching him, nothing is happening. He's pouring these bottles. Nothing's coming out. He, on camera, well, we see Balthazar walk through, you know, I know Gavin Rossdale is not the greatest actor in your opinion, but he is such a hottie. This was like at the height of his hotness. Are you giving him a hot and pass? And I was listening to Swallow today. Are you giving it? He's getting hot oh pass, God. yes. I am giving him the official Rain Man Digital hot pass. Now, usually it's, uh, it's reserved for women and the ladies, but uh, I'm giving this to Gavin Rossdale. And especially after I heard Swallow today on the radio, I was like, oh my God, it's a sign. He had such a good voice. Bush was like... Pretty pretty awesome for its time. The time era they were in. I think they fizzled out just in time. I don't think they would have lasted very long. Anyways, all he does is walk in this, and you know he's causing trouble with that. Uh, he had he also had the come fuck me eyes. He was giving them to me though. Oh, is that how that works out? <laughs> yes, he was looking at me through the camera. 
<laughs> and um, so as we see in reality, uh, or excuse me, on the video cameras that they ended up showing Constantine, he was literally drowning himself in alcohol. But while we were watching, we could see literally nothing coming out of the bottle. So um, that was interesting. But before this scene is over, um, Constantine and Angela are able to see that uh, Father Hennessy had etched the same symbol that was on Isabella's wrist. He he stabbed it into his own hand. So he managed to get one thing in to give them any kind of clue to help them. So he was at minimum able to help in that way. Yeah, at least all of his troubles that he's went through, uh, you know, up to this point and uh, led to his death were, you know, that he, he served a purpose. Um, I'm going to jump to where B-Men is in. He's basically under a bowling alley and he's giving information to Angela and Constantine. Do you have anything to add in between there that I might be missing? No, I mean, it's there's there's some tangential scenes in, in there, but I don't I, I think the next big scene is, is really with B-Men. Yes, so Beeman is basically letting him know that the mark belongs to Mammon. I but I don't know if I'm pronouncing that properly. Maman, Ooh, that would be the fancy way of pronouncing it. <laughs> Maman, um, Lucifer's son, and for Mammon to cross over, he basically needs a, a strong psychic or someone with psychic abilities, and he needs help from God. Which immediately, when I heard that, I was like, Gabriel. Like, that little fucking troublemaker is probably involved with this in some way. Um, not long after this scene, as soon as he gives that information, uh, we see Beeman meet his demise, and he is attacked by a swarm of flies. Yeah, that scene was pretty disturbing, actually, where, you know, the, the where it kind of crawls out of his eye, you know, before, you know, whenever it's first <sighs> starting up. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. I mean, you see under his like in his cheek skin and then through his eye skin and then crawl yeah. out. They whew, they did a good job with that one. I had forgotten about that, and when they brought it up again, I was like, oh my god! I was like, this is a good movie. I don't know. That's that was me. one. Of the, that was one of the times where the CGI yet. actually worked for me. I mean, there you know some of the demons kind of looked you know wonky, but uh, little things like that actually worked pretty well. Yeah, it's like they focused more, but I guess it's easier. That was one single one. But then again, he gets attacked by the swarm, and I don't think the swarm looked terrible. That's me. You might feel differently. No, the swarm was okay. It it, it was the, the one that, you know, the, the demon, the bug demon we discussed earlier. I mean, that, that was... Oogie Boogie? Yeah, Oogie Boogie. He, he looked a little off. That was if we got Oogie Boogie off of Wish. <laughs> <laughs> oh... Ah, insert drum here. I saw a picture of somebody like that posted a meme where they their little brother had bought like a, a Pennywise outfit from Wish, and it was way more disturbing than oh. anything Pennywise could have looked like. <laughs> That's the best. I don't know. You're almost embarrassed, but at the same time, if it looks that terrible, it looks like your costume is like melted plastic you know well this because <laughs> it's so horribly put this together. was like they'd taken like the spandex material and put somebody's face on it oh, yeah. but like stretched their face out to where it didn't even look like a face or like a real face anymore it was just ridiculous looking i've seen that one that that's fucking hilarious i'd still wear it i'm not gonna lie i mean you didn't spend that much money on wish and unless you found a legit costume which those cost money they cost so much money i have to make my own costumes half the time so i don't feel sorry for you okay Fucking be productive and do something if you really want to look amazing. That that was really mean. I shouldn't have said that. 
I'm going to go cry now. Okay, so uh, not you. You didn't buy the damn costume. <laughs> I feel like you would put a big effort in and do a really good, like, I feel like you would be able to piece together a good costume. I've, I've, I've done decently in the past whenever I put up the effort. Yeah. See, that doesn't apply to you. And just where do you think you're going? Don't leave your seat. Constantine Part 2 is coming right up. Don't try to leave us, or we'll find you.